Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world. On the internet. At MichaelDukesShow.com. I don't know what that was, but it was... uh, it was two of me, and nobody can afford to have two of me. Nobody can afford to have two of me. Across the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator, it is The Michael Duke Show. Good morning and welcome to the program. Thanks for coming in and joining us uh, Thursday. Thursday. That's what uh, that's what we've got coming up today. A little bit of Thursday action for you here, and we are uh, we're ready to uh, we're ready to dive into it. To take some phone calls, to uh, do some things. Kind of a weird day today in the fact that I was trying to get some stuff set up, and it just uh, just didn't happen, man. It just didn't happen. So that's uh, that's cool. That's cool. We got we got some stuff that we could chat about and things that we can discuss, uh, and uh, I've got uh, a lot of headlines that we can kind of go over and talk about as well. So we want to say uh, welcome to the program and thank you for coming in and joining us today. Um, headlines, yes, maybe some good news, maybe uh, some good news. Uh, also decided, uh, after some conversations that I had yesterday and actually some conversations that I had late last week, um, I wanted to kind of bring up a little bit of talk about, uh, you know, kind of the what if scenarios I used to do I used to do stuff on Wednesdays occasionally on the program that we would call what if Wednesdays right so what if uh you know there was a natural disaster or something happened uh, to the ports on the west coast or if there was another major you know earthquake or I don't know fill in the blank there zombie apocalypse you know what what was the you know what was the how would you handle what would you be what 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 would your situation be in those kind of scenarios and uh, I used to do that every Wednesday um not every Wednesday but at least one or two Wednesdays a month and I I got away from that a few years ago um a lot of times because I felt like maybe I was preaching to the choir I don't know but I feel compelled today watching what's going on with the uh Watching what's going on with the dollar uh, in the world, what's happening now, the agreements between uh, China and Russia and India uh, and Brazil, um, what's happening with the Saudi Arabia, no longer, you know, saying that they're not going to trade in the dollar anymore and some other things. 
The most likely scenario that I'm seeing right now is, um, you know, this discussion about how the dollar as the world reserve currency, uh, it could stop as the world reserve currency. And that is troubling to me because of our expansionist monetary policy that we've seen here in the United States. Well, really, uh, specifically, more and more over the last 20, 25 years. Uh, it started shortly um, It started shortly after World War II, but it really has accelerated in the last uh, 20 years or so. And it's created, well, it's created some real issues. Let's just put it that way. Uh, it's created some real potential issues. And so I started thinking about kind of the what if scenario again. And uh, I thought, you know, maybe this would just be kind of a good time to dust some of this stuff off and talk about it. And maybe you have an interest and maybe you don't. And because it's also going to be open line today, uh, you could tell me whether or not that's something that you're interested in talking about. Um, but I thought it would at least be a good point for discussion today. Um, I don't, I'm not trying to be alarmist or anything else. I'm just trying to be, I live by the principle of um, prepare for the worst and hope for the best and all your surprises will be happy ones, right? That's, that's kind of, that's kind of where I live um, and have since I was a very, um, since I was a very young man. Uh, you can my dad's in the chat room. You can ask my dad in the chat room that, you know, this. these are things that I thought about in my mid-teens. I was thinking about this kind of stuff and considering it and looking at it. And, uh, you know, of course, when I was in my mid-teens, the what-if, the biggest what-if scenario uh, in, the, uh, in the early 80s was a global thermonuclear war. Because, you know, we were locked, we were, we were locked in with Russia and everything else. And it was a, you know, <clears throat> it was a, it was a spooky time. It was a spooky time. Probably not quite as spooky as in the fifties, uh, you know, during the Cuban Missile Crisis or anything, but, you know, we were at the height of the Cold War. And, uh, so it was something that, uh, concerned me, uh, as a, as a young man. And maybe, you know, I, you know, that that was part of my formative thing. Maybe a lot of you Gen Xers who were again, who were in, uh, you know, junior high and high school in the early uh, to mid 80s. You know, maybe you felt the same way. I, I don't know. Uh, I know that that was one of the major concerns that I, uh, um, uh, you know, that, that kind of how I felt about it. But um, anyway. I thought maybe we'd work some of that into the conversation today as well, but I'm going to let you kind of steer the boat, so to speak, and we'll see if we can, I'll, we'll see if we can come up with uh, uh, some thoughts and topics. Welcome uh, to the conferencing service for the uh, for the for the discussion today as well. All right, so um, phone number to call. I guess I'll throw the phone lines open first. Is nine zero seven four three three. 3150-907-433-3150. And we got to say a special thank you to our friends over there at Satellite West for sponsoring the program. Um, I had a conversation, first of all, do you, you mind if I sidebar for just a second? I had a conversation with the folks over at Satellite West yesterday. 
Um, and if you'll recall, we did a five days of Christmas giveaway uh, back in Christmas where a bunch of you signed up. I mean, there were hundreds of people that signed up to win a baby stick. And we had five baby stick winners. And I thought that was fantastic uh, that everybody was excited and interested in all that stuff. Um, and, um, I had a conversation with him yesterday and they're like, yeah, we, you've got all those baby sticks and we gave them away and we mailed them out to people and not a single person has activated their baby stick since, <laughs> which <laughs> I, that's a little embarrassing for me personally, because I'm like, well, what nobody, what, I mean, these people wanted them. They were, and not a single person in the last four or five months has activated that baby stick. <laughs> So if you want a bivy stick, might I suggest that you take a look at that? And, you know, you may want to look. I'm just because it doesn't do you any good if uh, if if it's not activated. I, I'm i just throwing that out there. Anyway, I uh, just want to say thank you to uh, Satellite West for uh, uh, for uh, providing us uh, with uh, sponsorship and coverage. For the program today, we really appreciate that. Uh, doesn't matter where you are in the state, from Kaktovic to Ketchikan, uh, uh, or Uktavik to Uzinki, or China to Chitna. It just doesn't, just doesn't matter. Uh, you could go anywhere. Today, uh, they've got a new rep, by the way. They've got a new uh, distributor and dealer down in Kodiak at Kodiak Technical Services. You might want to stop by and say hi to them at Kodiak Technical Services or give them a call at 907-942-2226. They're one of the uh, new brand spanking new dealers uh, for Satellite West here in the state of Alaska. And they've got dealers all across the state. Homer, Wasilla, Kodiak, Anchorage, Seward, Soldotna, Dutch Harbor, Fairbanks, wherever it is. So there you go. Uh, anyway, uh, appreciate, uh, appreciate Satellite West for sponsoring the program. Okay, um, what what do uh, what do I want to talk about today? Um, some of the headlines. Um, last night, uh, excuse me, yeah, last night, a representative will staff spending limit bills passed out of the Ways and Means Committee with amendments from Representative Carpenter to tighten the cap and reduce the amount the state can spend unless the private economy grows. Ooh, they tied it to the private economy. I like that. I like that. Thank you for the heads up on that. I appreciate that. That was not, you know, that was not reported in the, uh, uh, in all the headlines making that was going on out there. You know what was reported? Was the fact that in every news outlet there was. Uh, it, I mean, again, almost a gloating tone. Uh, the Kenai Peninsula Borough uh, and former Mayor Charlie Pierce have settled a harassment case um, that would that had been brought on right in the midst of the campaign, which not suspicious at all. Um, anyway, um, and uh, they had agreed to pay out against this claim, admitting no fault and no blame. Simply, uh, Peter Machiki, the mayor, uh, basically had stated that. The decision to settle the lawsuit was given considerable thought, and they decided that prolonged litigation was going to cost even more than just settling the suit at the same time. Well, a bit of no liability or culpability, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but all the all the all the news outlets 
are going on and on about uh mayor pierce former mayor pierce and the settled and the but no discussion on you know other stuff like you know the fact that we've got you know part of a spending and a fiscal plan all getting put together in the legislature none of that it's just the salacious stuff that gets it gets it going on um what else did i want to talk about today uh, this take this takes place in Anchorage, and I know many of you don't live in Anchorage, and you really don't care. But I've been watching this since 2021. In 2021, the citizens of Anchorage voted to implement um, body cameras on police, um, and ever since that was implemented uh, or voted on, I guess voted and approved by the voters, because there was a several million dollar price tag, if I recall correctly, uh, attached to that. Uh, but they're like, yeah, go ahead and do it. We need, we need to do it. The APD and the Muni have both been dragging their feet. And I think at this point, it's more about the, uh, the, uh, police union is really pushing back on this. And it's like one thing after another, they're just like, oh, we need to do this. We need to do that. Now they just announced that the arbitration um, that uh, has been going on, where they basically, you know, oh, we've got to, we've got to protect the police officers with it. The body cam. This is not something like this is. We're, it's not like we're breaking new ground on this, right? Body cameras are being worn by over seven thousand police departments across the country. The Alaska State Troopers have body cams. The Fairbanks Police Department has body cams. And these guys are acting like they're somehow breaking new territory and breaking new ground. And the unions is in there strag you know, struggling and straggling and dragging their feet and doing everything else. Well, they were going to um they were gonna going to go to arbitration with the city again to say, okay, here's what they and they announced earlier this month that they've pushed that off again until the fall. And people have had enough. Have <laughs> had enough. The Alaska Black po uh, uh, Caucus has now sued the municipality of Anchorage over the delays in implementing body cameras worn by police officers. Now, I don't care if you're a back the blue person or anything else or a defund the police person one way or the other. You both should be in agreement that body cameras should be worn by police officers. You, you both should be you could be 100% in opposition in one way or the, you know, in opposite sides of the coin, but you both should be able to agree that body cameras should be worn by police officers. We have seen too many incidents across the country over the last 10 years where, you know, the police narrative or something that goes on says one thing, or even maybe the, the, the criminal narrative says one thing, and it turns out in the end that the body camera footage shows something completely different. You should want that transparency for law enforcement. You are giving them an enormous amount of authority over you, your liberties, your private freedoms, and all these other things. And the fact that <clears throat> they are dragging their feet on wearing body cameras is, I almost want to say telling, telling that that's what it's all about. Um, too many times people have been vindicated and cover-ups have been shown and, I mean, all this kind of stuff because police had to wear a body camera to show what was, to show what was actually, what actually happened. And, um, the fact that the APD is just continuing to 
um, disregard the will of the people in this. This is 2023. This has been two years now since they voted this in. And now they're still, now they're going to put it off to the fall. It's unacceptable. It is really just unacceptable that that's going on. I respect the job that the police do, but they are—they do not get a free pass. They have to be held accountable, just like we have to be held accountable. And now they're getting sued. Good for them. I mean, is that what it's going to take? You're going to have to get a judge involved so that it—you know—you go down there and do what you—you you should have done to begin with. Well, I mean, if that's—I guess if that's what it takes, then uh, there you go. All right, a um, couple more headlines. Not, not a whole lot of earth-shattering stuff out there. Uh, we just might dive into some phone calls and let you steer the bus. We might go back to our education discussion yesterday, which I thought was... I mean, I thought I kind of laid it bare a little bit. But we'll see where you want to go. 907-433-3150, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. That just irritates me. It just, it just irritates me. Uh, another Northern Justice Project lawsuit, says Angie. Yeah, well, you know what? I support him on this one. I mean, even a stop clock is right twice a day. Right? Even a stop clock is right twice a day. Um, uh, I mean, Angie, are you, are you in favor or opposed to police wearing body cameras? And if they're not going to do it on their own, shouldn't they be forced? Shouldn't they be, shouldn't they be strong armed into it? Because that's what the public wanted. And, uh, it's the only thing that brings accountability on that. Um, I see Kevin's in the chat room, and I was talking about the dollars and everything else, and McCabe says, buy goldbacks. And I know you've got a bill. What is it? HB3, Angie says. HB3. So, Kevin, if you want to call in this morning and talk about that bill specifically, we can do that. You don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it, but, you know, we could spend five or ten minutes on it if you want, kind of describing what it is. Uh, I'd like to hear what's going on. China, Russia, France, AUE, Brazil, Saudi, all joining up should bring back American exceptionalism. Even when we're split as a country, we always come together when we have big hurdles. I hope, Mikhail, I mean, I hope that's right. I don't, I, I just don't know. Um, it's good to talk about self-reliance and stuff we can do, exchange ideas rather than get whipped up over the failure of government. Yeah, I mean, they're just, I mean, that's the old serenity prayer, you know, identify the things you, you know, Things that you can change, the things that you can't change, and have the wisdom to know the difference, right? That's 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 where it is. Um all right. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Um uh, they've created a whole new genre of YouTube content. Uh Brian says. I'm thinking you're talking about the body cam footage, right? Yeah. Uh, they should list the APDEA as the, uh, as the co-defendant. 
Uh, Jeannie says, I wish we had had body cameras in my day when she was in law enforcement. Um, Goldbacks are less extensive, same price per ounce, of course, but you can buy in smaller quantities. Um, uh, okay. Uh, Angie says they should be wearing the body cameras. She just doesn't like what the Northern Justice Project just doesn't like. I, I, I agree. I agree. I don't necessarily like the the uh, the Northern Justice Project, nor their politics, nor their normal trips. But at this point, they've taken this case. So, hey, that's I'm all good with that. All good with that. OK. Um, interesting that they aren't including the police, uh, the Popo Union, the union, the police officers union. Uh, yeah, that is interesting that they're not including that because you would think that at this point they're they're the ones that are actually inhibiting the will of the people, right? Because they're the ones that are saying you can't put cameras on our members until we discuss it and negotiate it or whatever. You'd think that that would be a yeah. All right, you guys are awfully quiet this morning. Did I wear you out yesterday? Yesterday's discussion got me a little heated, um, but also I tried to lay the I also tried to lay the truth bomb on you guys a little bit uh, yesterday, and uh, so I feel I, f- I feel I feel that um, we may or may not come back and take another crack at that uh, here this morning. Uh, the discussion on education and why it's important for you to be educating your kids on your own, but we'll. We'll give it a shot. Man, feels like Friday, but it's not. That's the worst part. Feels like Friday, but it's not. I had a long day yesterday. I had like a 14-hour day yesterday, and I am just, I was a whipped puppy. Let's put it that way. All right, uh, let's get back into it. Uh, Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio, whatever you want to talk about, we'll do it right now. The Michael Duke Show, proudly splitting the left versus right uh, dichotomy. Yeah, I had to look that word up too. I don't think it means what he thinks it means. There he is though, that guy, Michael Dukes, the one with the show. Yeah, the one with the show. That's me. Uh, Hey, it is the Michael Duke Show. Broadcasting live across the state of Alaska. On this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. I'm trying to... We've been trying to find a way to get the show on in Anchorage, too, you know, because Anchorage is the biggest market. Interestingly enough... You know, what's what's interesting is that there are, uh, you know, the show, I I podcast the show every day. And there's like almost 100,000 downloads of the podcast in Anchorage over the last over the last 12 months. And you would think that that might pique the interest of some of the uh, um, pique the interest of some of the folks at the local radio stations. But uh, they you know they they just they just not uh 
they just don't seem to be as interested as I uh, as I would have expected, expected to have happen. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, <sighs> welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show. If it seems a little weird today, it's because it is. I, you know, yesterday we got talking about education and. Wait, I, did I have something else? Did I have another story that I was going to get to? I did, but I don't really, I don't, I don't know if it's not that I don't really care. It's just, I'm kind of like, um, but yesterday we were talking about education and I got a little pointed and I may have offended some people. And I decided afterwards that um, I was okay with that uh, because I think we need to have a hard discussion about education. Um, I think especially public government-run education. I think I think it's a discussion that we need to have. I don't want to get all conspiracy theory on you, but I want to take a look back at this and try and talk about it in a reasonable and rational way and make you understand that it is probably one of the one of the major reasons, probably the major reasons, that we have seen a fundamental shift in how um, in, in, in the reason we've seen the fundamental shift in in politics here in America. Uh, not only the loss of um, our religious re- religiosity, I think that was the actual word that somebody used in a, a, a story I was reading the other day, the religiousness of people, whether or not they believe in a higher power, um, it, you know, the divisiveness, the polarization, the lack of, um, you know, the lack of, uh, you know, rhetorical charm, the, the ability to have a conversation, all those kind of things. I think that it is the biggest contributor to what we're seeing and the growth of government has could all go back and be planted almost squarely at the feet of government run education. And that's a big statement, right? I mean, that's a big people like, you're just dukes. You have no idea what you're talking about. But I mean, I was kind of trying to lay some of it out yesterday. We might dive down into that a little bit today as well, because I think that um, it's important and it's hard for people to hear, uh, especially when I'm espousing the idea that you take care of your kids' education directly. And many people are like, I just, I just don't have time. I just don't have, you know, there's two of us who are both working or there's only one of me and I just, and um, I mean, I has, I had some harsh language for some of that stuff. And by harsh language, I mean, I had some hard truths that I was trying to lay out yesterday and it may or may not have come across, but uh, we may revisit that today, depending on which direction you guys want to go on that. And if you want to talk about that, you can call and tell me as well uh, on the phones because it's it's open line, open forum today. I've got another story here about trails and the economic development impact of trails. We can talk about that. Um, the Senate working on the budget gap. We could talk about that. But I, it's not that I don't care. It's just that I'm just like, that is, I'm, I'm almost so over that for today, right? Almost so. It's Thursday. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's go over to the phones and see if let's see if I broke something. I was trying to fix something this morning, and I may have broken it, but maybe maybe I fixed it now. I don't know. We'll see. Let's go over here and see what you guys have to say. Nine zero seven four three three thirty one fifty. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? 
Hello, caller. Good morning, Michael. It's Kevin, but I can't hear you at all on the phone. Oh, Kevin can't hear me on the phone at all. All right. Well, apparently uh, I broke it uh, or something. Uh, hold on, Kevin. Let me. I put... can hear you. I can hear you on Facebook if I don't mute it. Yeah. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can fix. I was trying because people were some people were complaining. Uh, others were not. I mean, I'm not I'm not criticizing the complaining. Don't get me wrong. Some people were complaining that. Um, that they were hearing an echo when they talked on the phone. Uh, and I don't know exactly why that is, but uh, we're trying to, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to fix this here. So let me, let me, let me try this uh, right here and see if this, that was, that's a bummer because again, I thought I fixed it and then I got the doubled up voice this morning and now it's back to just me. So hold on one second, Kevin. While I uh, figured out, I'm assuming that they can hear us um, right uh, here. There we go. Uh, I'm assuming that they can hear us while we're in the break. Uh, but let's see. Let's see if that fixed it. Let's see if that fixed it. Good morning. Uh, are you there? Yep, I hear you now, Michael. Okay, good. And no echo. And no echo. Well, maybe I fixed it. Maybe I didn't. We'll see what happens. Uh, good morning, Kevin. How are you, my friend? Not too bad. How about yourself? Well, it's Thursday, but it feels like Friday. How about that? That's kind of a disappointment, you know, in some ways. Um, uh, and I'm really, I'm really aching to to do to break into a firearms Friday here sometime in the near future. But that's okay. Today's Thursday, and I asked you to come on because we were talking about the what if and uh, the dollar thing and the crisis, and everybody said, well, then buy gold. And then somebody mentioned HB three, which is your gold and silver bill. So I said, well, why don't you come on? Because I've heard about it, but it's all been kind of tangential. So if you can give us a little bit of an update or a rundown on exactly what uh, your bill on gold and silver is so that we can talk about it, I would appreciate it. I'm sure. Well, HB3, just uh, you, want, you want me to do that now? Sure. Or if you had something else you wanted to talk about and then you want to talk about it after the break, I don't care. One way or the other, Kevin, you you guide me, man. You guide me. I'm so easy today. You can yeah, walk right matter. over. It doesn't matter to me. And and there is a whole bunch of echo and static interference, but I can uh, I can get the gist of what you're saying. So HB three is a is a gold and spe- uh, silver specie bill, which basically allows us to use gold and silver as legal tender. When you put gold and silver in that category, it no longer becomes taxable by the state or municipalities. Of course, any capital gains you make off of gold and silver is taxable by the federal government. You're supposed to keep track of it, but um, if we're using it as legal tender in the state, then uh, it can't be taxed as the, as a, um, you know, as a commodity or as an investment, so to speak. So um, there's a thing out there called gold backs that drop some into your, uh, into your messenger. And uh, it's a cheaper way. To, I mean, it's not any cheaper than gold, but it's less expensive because you can buy it in smaller quantities as uh, as bills. Right, right. The gold backs uh, are like a fractional. They're basically a gold backed currency, right? I mean, so it's a currency that's literally backed by gold. It's a state currency, and it is um, and it's fractional. So you can buy. Ten dollars worth or a hundred dollars worth instead of having because gold is up over two thousand bucks an ounce right now. I mean, gold in and, and for folks who are watching these kind of things, 
you should be watching the price of gold because the price of gold generally is indicative of what's going on in the world economies and the faith and, you know, what's happening in fiat currencies like the U.S. dollar. And so when gold takes a tremendous spike like gold has here recently, you generally should be getting a little nervous. But that's what goldbacks are, right? I mean, they're basically a fractional currency. Uh, and they've been a little controversial because the uh, because the federal government doesn't like anybody to mess in their in their bailiwick. They don't like anybody else making something that's actually backed by something. Right, and that, that's absolutely true. And somebody told me uh, the other day it was kind of an interesting little story. But you know, back in the old last days, if you got a twenty dollar gold piece that was worth twenty dollars, you could buy the finest suit in America for twenty dollars. Well, now if you have a you know twenty dollar gold piece that's one ounce of gold that's worth uh, uh, two thousand dollars, you can buy the finest suit uh, made in America essentially. So gold tracks pretty well with the rest of the commodities in the uh, you know in the country, and so many people are buying them to put in their safe instead of buying you know or instead of storing hundred dollar bills which lose you know eighteen bucks a year possibly with huge inflation. So and the gold back is actually it's it's actual gold that's applied to a bill, and you'll see them if you look up goldback.com or the pictures that I dropped to you in the, in the Messenger. You'll see that you'll see what they look like, and uh, I think it's good. it's it'll be interesting if somebody uh, produces them to uh, with Alaska to invest with in Alaska. Yeah, no, I mean I agree. I I think it's always been interesting. I um I interviewed a guy and I'm trying to remember I'm trying to remember what his name was this was probably 15 years ago I interviewed a guy who was doing something similar um was it the Liberty dollar I can't remember what it, what it was called but he basically had a private bank he had a private vault and was issuing um like a gold backs you know like certificates based on that anyway the feds they really have no sense of humor about this kind of stuff because they have uh pulled all this stuff you know the the ability to mint and print money and all that stuff all to themselves and they don't want a uh, they do not want a commodity backed currency because it does it doesn't allow them to inflate it artificially or quantitative ease it or to inflate the money supply or how whatever whatever little phraseology you want to use to mean that they printed more money and basically you know created something out of nothing they don't like that um, what kind of pushback have you seen on this right now, Kevin, uh, for those kind of things? Nothing from the uh, nothing from the feds, just mostly from uh, uh, our more liberal friends who are concerned about the banks. And my answer in committee to them was, well, you don't need a bank because this is actual gold. So you don't really need somebody that trades in fiat currency, which is what a bank does. So the... Um, the, the virtually no pushback from the feds and keep in mind that the constitution does reserve the right to coin money fiat currency to the fed it doesn't allow states to develop their own currency however it does allow states to spend gold and silver it does allow us as americans uh, regardless of what state live in to use gold and silver as currency so that's all this bill does is put it into alaska statute that we can spend gold and silver as currency and once it becomes currency then it's not taxable and um the the specie is the is the gold backs and uh, it makes it cheaper for the average guy to buy a one dollar gold back it's worth uh, 
you know, about three bucks or a little under three bucks maybe. Right. And, uh, you know, if you you could buy a hundred of those, you know, or 10 of those for 300 bucks and, um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, an easier way to do it. And then if the dollar does go down and, you know, does some sort of Venezuela thing where hyperinflation hits us, then you have a spendable currency in your safe that's uh, worth much more. I'm, uh, I mean, I'm interested in discussing this uh, for, actually, let me put you on hold, Kevin. I'm gonna, I'm interested in discussing this uh, a little bit more because, Again, I I want to I want to go through the scenarios where this may play out and how you would envision it actually working uh, overall. So let's uh, let's come back to that. And I got a couple lines on hold. Don't go anywhere, callers. We'll be right back to you. I'm interested to hear more about this gold back currency idea. We're gonna call it the Nanook. I'm just the Denali. Can't call it the dollar. Chris in the chat room says somebody was busted because they labeled their coins dollars, hence the counterfeiting charge. Uh, Anyway, we're going to be back with more of the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, uh, in the break right now, Kevin McCabe uh, is with us, and we've got another call as well. I totally bonked up the phone systems this morning. I feel a little, uh, I feel a little bad about it because um, I thought I'd fix something, and then I immediately came on the air and double blasted myself. So. Hopefully, I got everything back to where it was before. Let me go back over here real quick to go to the second caller and see who they are. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello, Mike. This is Mark from Fairbanks. Hi, Mark. Uh, You're on hold. You're number two. I've got Kevin McCabe ahead of you. You can either wait or you can call back. I just wanted to figure out who you were. Is he a scheduled guest? No, he's a call-in guest that I invited on. Oh, I see. So do you want to wait or are you going to call back? Well, yeah, I guess I'll wait. Uh, We uh, broached education and I've been waiting since. Okay. Well, then you hold on and we'll get to you as soon as we can. Okay. So be patient. Uh, All right. Let me go back over to the chat room here and talk about about what some people, the Usyk. We could call it the Usyk, <laughs> the Goldback, the Nanook. I mean, it's got to be something Alaskan, right? I mean, if it's a it's a, if it's an Alaskan based thing, and again, you don't, don't want to call it a dollar. You don't want to call it a dollar. Um, the Goldback, I think, is uh, you know that's that's not that's not bad uh, either. Um, let's see, free thinking. Rick says, free thinking radio, free thinking makes my head hurt. Well, sometimes it does. Sometimes is, uh, you know, it's hard. Kelly says, who did you offend when I was talking about things yesterday? I I think there's sometimes when I go over some of this stuff, people get a little uh, offended because 
you know, I've been told when I start talking about, uh, you know, that you should pull your kids out of public school and do something different. And I usually advocate, you know, some kind of homeschooling. Uh, I get emails and things from people who are like, well, I would just I can't because the thing and the other reason and, you you know, it's not for everybody. And I usually am like, oh, yeah, I understand. You know, it's not, but it no, no, it is for every if you want to if you're serious about fixing what's wrong, it should be at the top of your list. And you shouldn't be sacrificing your children on the altar of the, you shouldn't. Somebody said Moloch's altar yesterday, which I thought was funny because only some of us are old enough to get that. Um, Herder says only part of the show yesterday. Um, I'm uh, No offense detected by his nose. Barbara said, I'm glad you did have the conversation. So yeah. Uh, and Rick said, it's my job to offend people. <laughs> Um, all right. Um, one of the thoughts Brian says that he had yesterday during parts of the yesterday show was the wealth of experience listen of experience listeners seem to have in the world of homeschooling and alternative school. The dialogue between Kelly and you in the room was interesting and insightful. Seems like people who don't know where, how to start could use a mentor, how to make that connection. And you're probably right. You're, you're probably right. We should be doing that. I did not see the educational sheet that Jeff Landfield tweeted out. Barbara, if you want to drop me a link in my DMs there on on Facebook, that would be great. Uh, you can drop it in the chat room, too. I just can't click in the chat room to get the link. Um, some LGBTQ quack is bashing Jamie Allard on the T-spill. Yeah, Jamie posted something yesterday on Facebook thanking her fans, quote-unquote, uh, the gal was like, I hope you die in your own vomit or something. It was just, I mean, you know, the typical leftist screed, the tif- the typical type of tolerance we see from the tolerant folks on the other side. Um, it's, it's, you know, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, the homeschooling scenario is a lot like growing food. So many young adults out there who need mentors. Yes. Yes. Um, Jeannie says, I lost my year badge. I have no control over the badges and stuff like that. You guys get on Facebook. I don't know exactly, you know, how that's working, but there you go. Um, um, okay. I'm just going through here at all. Um, going through all the stuff. Um, pretty soon... Pretty soon, all we'll ha- all we will have is a central bank with a digital currency. Yeah, I mean that would be the ultimate control, right? I mean, then they can just—they don't have to worry about circulation or anything, and then they can track all your per- all your per- anything you buy. You have to—it's all digital. They can track every purchase. Forget about it. Um. All right. Uh, Twitter. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so Barbara just dropped the Twitter link in the chat room, uh, which I can't, again, I can't click on. So I, uh, can I click on it in this window? Can I go to this other window and click on it? I've got a unified chat that shows all the different chats from all the different places, Twitch, YouTube, and, but it does, the hyperlinks don't work when I'm using the unified chat. So I can't see if that makes any sense to any of you. If uh, I, that's just the problem. I can't see it. Um, uh, oh, there it is. I, I went, went over to the other window and pulled it up. I'll see if I can pull this up. And then we're going to come back to Kevin. Uh, and we're going to talk with him about the gold back. The 
The Michael Duke Show. Seriously humorous with a pinch of intellect. <laughs> pinch of intellect. Sorry. That is humorous. Here's Michael Dukes. Well, hello. Every time I forget to click that. Uh, welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show. We're continuing now. I invited through the chat room because he was in the chat room and we started talking about the dollar and the world reserve currency and whether or not gold back stuff was good and yada, yada, yada. Uh, anyway, Kevin McCabe, uh, is, uh, in the, uh, is on the phone with us right now talking about HB three, which is his bill on allowing gold and silver to be used as legal tender in the state of Alaska. Uh, and I want you to dumb this down for me, Kevin, and talk to me like I'm five. Walk me through a scenario of how this was work. If your bill passes and gold and silver becomes legal tender uh, in the state of Alaska, uh, with the tax benefits that you were talking about earlier and everything else, walk me through how this would work on an average kind of daily thing. How What would... What, how would this how would this transpire give give me uh, give me a scenario here so I can wrap my brain around it I'm sure uh, so if a merchant decides to accept gold and silver as legal payment for goods then you would be able to use gold backs as well if they decide to accept it so it's a it's a permissive bill it doesn't require that anyone use it or anybody accept it However, if, if you're, you know, if the currency, say we have an electronic currency and something happens, a hacker or whatever, um, and all of a sudden all of your money is worthless or hyperinflation where you're having to use a wheelbarrows of $1 bills to go down and buy a loaf of bread, if a merchant decides to accept gold and silver and you have a, a dollar worth of specie, which is one uh, one thousandth of an ounce of gold, and you bring it in, it, it's it, the merchant can say yes, I will accept that. The price of gold today is is uh, three thousand dollars an ounce. So um, to me, that's that's worth X amount of money. And you would agree on the amount similar to what you do when you change in a foreign currency in a hotel. Uh, there might be a little surcharge, or you know, it might be a a little bit of um, back and forth on the actual price or the actual value of the gold back that you have in your hand at the time. Uh, but then you could use it as as legal tender. So um, I guess so. I guess as as I look at this, it would be, uh, you know, I have a I have an Alaskan gold back that says five on it, um, and it's one two. What was the the sample you just sent me? Was one from that's from where? That's from uh, Wyoming or Montana? What is that? Um, uh, so this would be one two hundredth of a troy ounce of twenty four karat gold, and it says five, right? So it's a five. Right. It's it's five. So it doesn't necessarily correlate to the dollar. It's just this is one two hundredth of an ounce. So if it's so if it's two thousand bucks an ounce, one two hundredth would be a hundred bucks, right? Essentially, um, but if it goes up to twenty five hundred, right. then it would be worth. $125 kind of thing. So it basically fluctuates with evaluation and you have to decide on the spot. Now, the challenge with this, I mean, it, it I, I would love to see this. I think this would be a great thing. The challenge would be to get, um, you know, kind of universal acceptance for businesses and other things around the state to try and factor this, to try and factor this in, right? I mean, that that's, 
this is just opens the door for that. And like you said, it's permissive. It doesn't require anything. So people would have to buy into this. Right. People and merchants would have to buy into it. And it's being used in uh, Texas. And Texas, if anybody's interested, has some very interesting monetary policies with respect to gold. They have their own gold depository. You can pay your taxes in Texas in gold. Um, could you imagine in Alaska if you were paying a, a state fee and uh, say you're a miner and uh, and you owe some royalties to the state and you paid it in gold and the, and the state started collecting uh, gold as a repository, sort of as a hedge against the against some sort of a money failure, uh, a fiat currency failure in the U.S. Um, in, in the um, Let's see, the other states that do that, New Hampshire, Utah, Montana, or Wyoming, I guess it is. Um, I think Louisiana as well. There's several states that have, that have done this and that have currency issued and in, in that have the exact same law. So we had a testimony, invited testimony from J.P. Cortez from Sound Money Defense and a very, very interesting uh, place to go to research and read, and uh, he kind of he hit the nail on the head. I can I can drop a link to you later on of, on his testimony in House Finance the other day. It's very two three minutes in in very good. Yeah. No. I mean, yes. I would I would love to hear that. Yeah. Feel free to drop me a link on it and read on. It. I mean, I think this is a good thing. I think the main challenge for this, and I I mean, anything that's backed by actual hard assets like a like a a gold back or you know there was some discussion earlier about. Uh, earlier, uh, there was some discussion about 10 years ago of creating some kind of resource-backed currency for Alaska, like an, an oil-backed currency or something like that. Uh, anything that actually has something of actual monetary value backing it, I'm all for it. I think, again, the biggest challenge that we're going to see, and I'd be interested to see the case studies from places like Texas and stuff, is the is the public acceptance, the public buy-in. I mean, like, for example, Bitcoin, which is not backed by anything, but I'm just using it as an example. The universal acceptance of Bitcoin is still not there. Bitcoin's been around for 12, 15 years, and still there's – I can't walk into Barnes & Noble and use Bitcoin to buy a book or something like that. And so it's still it's still a, 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 trouble, a trouble spot for that. But I think it's a step in the right direction – where is the bill at right now, and what is it? You know, where is it going? Sure. So right now the bill is in, uh, in House Finance. I expect it will have at least one more hearing. Probably have some public testimony, um, in or, or could could be two more hearings, and then hopefully we'll move over to the Senate. Uh, the Senate's very interested in it. It has it has some further implications for Alaska, and you've sort of been dancing around it with the Nanook sort of thing. So. If somebody or if, even if the state wanted to send some money and develop a gold-backed currency with the state of Alaska on it, um, think of the implications that have of having the uh, or the state uh, art uh, folks have some sort of a design for currency and maybe have a, one be a picture of Denali, some dog sleds, um, you know, that sort of thing. And then you could make money on this as well. Um, tourists would you, you could have it in your shops and, and tourists would uh, buy it and uh, so anyway since uh, collectors like it 
people, the preppers absolutely love it. <laughs> and I think that it's slowly gaining acceptance. You're right. Since 1973, when or 71, I can't remember the date that Nixon took us off the gold standard, we have sort of dropped our uh, ideas of buying things with gold and silver. Uh, you know, remember we used to have 95% silver quarters, and silver dollars were silver uh, pre-64. I think the Morgan silver right. dollars. So uh, we used to use gold and silver a lot, and now we don't so much anymore. Yeah, no, the debasement of the currency has continued since 1971 when Nixon took us off the gold standard. Uh, and we've seen that more and more and more. And it's uh, and it's unfortunate. And it's just another way that they have essentially scammed, scammed the people. Uh, Kevin, hold the line for a minute. I want to talk to you during the break, but we are up against it right now. We got more coming up. Hour two is dead ahead. Open line, open forum. I'm just all about that today. If you want to sound off, now's the time to do it. We will continue. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and share, like and follow. Come on out and join us on Facebook. We'll see you later. <laughs> Kevin McCabe, our guest uh, here on the program uh, as we continue, he was kind enough to call in and talk to us about this. Where is the bill going right now, Kevin? Um, so uh, right now it's in House Finance, um, and it is going. It will be going to the Senate, um, maybe hopefully next week. And the re and the reaction from people right now has been good, bad. Like you said, from the left, they are worried about the bank. I don't know if you were worried about the banks. Why wouldn't you be interested in a gold back currency if you were worried? I don't understand the. I don't understand the reticence. I guess. Yeah. Well, some of the uh, some of the stated uh, that they were worried about. Well, how would the banks handle this if you took one of these? gold backs to a bank, how would the bank deal with it? Would the bank have to have gold and that sort of thing? And, you know, my response was kind of like, it's made out of gold. You don't really need a bank. Um, you know, it's actually, it has something of value right in the currency. So, so, so you're, you're speculating. So these pieces, these gold backs that you're, so you're saying that what do they have? They have one two hundredth of a troy ounce of gold woven into the actual gold back. Is that is that the deal? You melt, you could melt, you could burn it and melt it down. Um, theoretically, yes, that would be true. Or you could just you could just trade it the way it is. And yes, it has actual gold printed on it with some sort of a um, laser technology. And uh, if you look at that goldback.com website that I put in the chat room that kind of describes the process and how it's done and it shows uh, why it, it is difficult or more difficult to uh, counterfeit than uh, than you know $100 bills so well uh, I'm definitely interested in learning more about this I'll have to go back out to that website maybe this weekend I'll take a look at it and uh, see what it's all about um, but I in theory yes spending gold and silver uh, as currency I, I think it's probably what is it's probably what's going to happen in the future. Let's just put it that way, one way or the other, whether it's official or not, it's probably going to be the way that it's ha it's going to happen, which is why I know a lot of people have bought sacks of circulated silver coins as because it's again, like you said, it's 90 percent, uh, you know, silver, it's uh, junk silver coins. 
people buy that all the time because you just never know. You may need you may need some uh, some actual precious metals to do something with in the future. So it's interesting. Um, right. I, I would love to. I'd love to hear more about it. So keep us in the loop on this, Kevin. I will do that, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh, 907-433-3150. Okay, we got another caller who is on hold, and we'll get to them here as soon as we come out of the break. Let's see who this is. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Phil up in Fairbanks. Okay, Phil, hold the line. Yeah, uh, you, well, don't don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Uh, don't get ahead of me, Phil. I'll be okay. I'll be right back to you. Uh, we'll take your call as soon as we get back on the air. So just be patient with me here. It'll be just a few minutes, and I'll be right back to you. We'll start off with your uh, we'll start off with your uh, comments. Um, Eskimo Libertarian says the central digital bank they're rolling out is terrifying. I agree. Um, I agree. Um, <clears throat> Brian says maybe we should call it the salmon back. Yeah, or the. I don't know. I'm kind of. I kind of like the whole Nanook idea. You know, I kind of like the Nanook. You know, how many nooks you got? I got. I got a bunch of Nanooks. I got a bunch of Nanooks. Uh, Jeannie says she's been hanging on to circulated silver coins. People have done that. I mean, I bought a bag of silver coins here years ago, just to have, <clears throat> just to have some silver on hand in case I ever needed it. Um, and I, it's probably appreciated because I think I bought it at what it was. But silver itself was pretty low. Um, you know, I wish I'd bought a bag of gold coins back in the day because I think at that time gold is only worth like eleven hundred bucks an ounce or something. I should have should have mortgaged my house and bought a bag of gold coins, and I could have I could have uh, I could have uh, appreciate up to over two thousand was it two thousand twenty dollars yesterday or something for the price of gold. Yeah, again, you should be watching gold just to see what's uh, what's going on. Uh, Barbara, I was able to get that link. Thank you very much for the Alaska landmine article. No surprise, by the way, no surprise to me that um, <clears throat> the link, by the way, that she was talking about was for uh, Jeff Landfield over at the Alaska landmine. Um, and it was, um, uh, oops, wrong one. Let me go back to my, uh, let me go back to my source here. Uh, nope. Uh, yeah, nope, not that one either. I got too, I got too many things here. Uh, there we go. Uh, right there. Uh, you could see this is the amount of money, um, that, uh, the school districts have in COVID relief money still sitting in their banks. A source at the Dunleavy administration provided this document showing Alaska school, school districts, school districts are sitting on a combined $236 million in COVID relief money. Uh, yeah. Anchorage, look at this right up here at the top. Anchorage, $92 million, $92 million in COVID relief money. Uh, Matt Sue sitting on 24, the lower Kuskokwim 22, the lower Yukon 15 million. They're just sitting on that. Fairbanks has still got $16 million in COVID relief monies still sitting there. So yeah, that's, uh, <clears throat> yeah. It's uh, it's interesting, interesting, interesting stuff, interesting stuff. Um, all right, let me uh, go back over here to the chat room. Yeah, I I'm gonna be watching. Or I'm gonna be listening to that later today, Brian. Uh, there's a there's a uh, 
discussion today with Corey DeAngelis and Connor Boyback, uh, uh, Boyack over at Reason talking about why do public schools suck and why sh- what should we do about them? It's a live discussion today at 1 p.m. Eastern, I believe. I'll find out more about that here in a minute. All right. <clears throat> We're coming up on it. Hour two, dead ahead. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Let's get to it. We'll be right back. Buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com. It is uh, hour two of the big radio broadcast, and it is Thursday. Today, it's open line, open form. We've been uh, talking about a variety of different things. We talked about some headlines. We were just talking with Kevin McCabe about his gold and silver as money uh, bill that's in the house. I asked him to call in uh, to talk about that. That was good stuff. I see Ben Carpenter uh, in the chat room also mentioning, which we had mentioned earlier, the fact that they pushed that spending limit out of Ways and Means Committee last night. Um, The the Ways and Means Committee bill passed with amendments from Representative Carpenter to tighten the cap and reduce the amount the state can spend unless the private economy grows, trying to directly connect it. uh, trying to directly connect it to the uh, the public and the private economy together, which I think is good. Ben, feel free to call in and talk about that if you want, uh, since it is open line, open form. But right now, we got one caller on hold. We've got Phil up in Fairbanks. He wanted to have his say this morning, so let's go over to him right now and see what he's got to say. Good morning, Phil. What's on your mind? Yeah, yeah. Good morning, David. Uh, yeah, regarding your your guest here, I was. Concerned, um, you know, whether it's coin or whether it's uh, actual paper, how do I, what provision is there to guarantee authenticity of, of this uh, currency? I'm just a little uh, just curious about that. Uh, right. He was saying that the actual currency has the has it has the golden fibers woven in it. Actually, if you get a he was showing me the Wyoming gold back. If you actually have a Wyoming gold back that's valued at one two hundredth of an ounce of, uh, you know, 24 karat gold, there is actually one two hundredth of an ounce of 24 karat gold woven into the bill, into the actual physical bill. And so he said that's why it makes it more difficult. You know, I guess you'd have to figure out a way to figure out if it is real gold or not. But he said, uh, Kevin said that if you go to the website there, they talk about the counterfeiting. And it's harder to counterfeit that than it is a $100 bill. So uh, I don't know any more about well, it like than that. But, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, I can see that with the bill. I just thought I, I was thinking he was also mentioned coins. I was just wondering how that was going to work. Well, coins we you can't mint coins because that right is reserved to Congress. You can't you can't mint coins as tender because that is Congress's purview. Uh, so I think that's why they're talking about the gold back, the physicalized bill as a gold back. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a bond. It's like a, uh, anyway, I don't think that they're actually doing coins. I think that they're do. he's talking specifically about the, the, the gold backs. Um, but I would, he would have to clarify nope. that for him, but that's how I, that's how I discerned it, uh, in his conversation. Right, right. Well, okay. Well, interesting idea anyway. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it deserves more discussion. Thank you, Phil, for your call. 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. If you'd love to uh, if you'd like to come in and talk about it, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. <clears throat> and uh and, you know, see what uh see what's see what's going on. Uh we were talking about, you know, precious metals and things like that. Um, and, uh, Greg said firearms are rising in value daily. I mean, that's one of the few things, um, I mean, what, what do you consider precious metals? Some people say brass and lead because ammo just continues to appreciate the value of ammo and firearms themselves are a good investment. They hold their value very, very well, uh, very, very well. So, uh, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see. But as we watch the dollar and inflation continue to rise, I think it's something that we need to be talking about. What are you putting your money in? Uh, are you putting it in physical assets? Uh, are you putting it, you know, people say, well, you play the stock market, you could do this. And yes, if you've got enough money to play around in those areas, it's not a bad way to do it. But you should, I think, convert a portion of your uh, of your savings or your nest egg or whatever into physicalized assets. Now, it could be gold. It could be firearms, as as Greg said, because, again, that's not going to lose its value. Uh, it could be tools. It could be things that may be hard to come by as the dollar continues to rise and, and, and inflate. Uh, it could be, um, you know, uh, food. It could, there's just a ton of things that you could do. And this is, you know, one of the reasons why when I was talking about what if, like kind of the what if scenario, you, you got to kind of think about those things. What are you going, what would you need in the event of a natural disaster or, you know, monetary crisis or zombie apocalypse, whatever it is, it, you fill in the blank. I always used to love, I used to, it was a guilty pleasure to watch that show on, was it Nat Geo? I can't remember which channel it was on, but it was the Doomsday Preppers. I always had to laugh because, <clears throat> Um, I mean, I was, I'm third generation Alaskan, right? I mean, when I was growing up, we always had a, a, a year's worth of food on the shelf. And we always, my grandmother, when she was, you know, in her eighties living alone in a condominium, you'd open up her pantry and she had probably four or five months worth of food just sitting in her pantry. Why? Because she was the daughter of an Alaskan gold miner. Their idea of a trip to the store was, you know, took two weeks with a sledge and they had to haul stuff back. I mean, that's just how she, that's just, that's just how it worked, right? That's just how it worked in her, in her mind. And so we kind of were brought up with that. So we were, uh, you know, we were kind of prepared for anything just based on the fact that that's how we were raised more than anything else. But I always love to watch these things in doomsday preppers and they'd be like, you know, what are you, what are you, uh, uh, Johnny, what are you preparing for? 
So Johnny's like, I'm preparing for a virus that'll kill us all. You know, and then Susie, what are you preparing? Well, I'm preparing for global thermonuclear war. And then the other guy's like, yeah, the zombie apocalypse or whatever it was. It was always some, they're always asking him, what is the one thing you're preparing for? And I, I was always like, wait a second. If you were just prepared, it really wouldn't matter what you were preparing for. Right. If you were just, I've got some food, I've got water, I've got shelter, I've got a way to protect it. I've got my medicines, I've got my consumables, I've got, you know, a way to generate power. I could got heat and lights. And I mean, that was kind of the whole thing. Right. I mean, I didn't have to dig up my backyard and build a bunker to make it all work. I just like, you know, but I always had to laugh. Those shows, it was also always, like I said, always a guilty pleasure to look at, to uh, watch and, and, uh, and chuckle about. Because, because again, the whole show was kind of a mocking in its own in its own way, you know, kind of mocking uh, in that. Um, but you know, you you got to think about the what if scenarios. What if, and and we've seen historically. Look, we've seen unrest, right? We saw the knockdown of uh, we saw the knockdown of um, of society with the COVID. We saw all these different things. That were going on, and uh, you know, it, 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 these, these things can happen. You know, these things can happen, and we need to be, we need to be aware of it, and we need to be paying attention to it. And you need to look around at your family and understand that if I needed to be self-sufficient for ninety days, or hundred and twenty days, would I be able to do it? Most people would say no. So maybe that's something that you should be considering as you take a look at these things and you should be thinking about that. I'm just saying for your family, you may want to, you might want to think about that. Um, all right. I got a phone call here from uh, representative Ben Carpenter, who's joining us right now. Good morning, representative. How are you? Well, let me try, let me try that again. Cause uh, he's on the line, but uh, he apparently can't hear me. Let me try this one more time. Uh, are you with us, Ben? All right. Can you hear me, Ben? I can hear you. Okay. I'm going to call you right back because apparently uh, when you called me and I wasn't ready, it didn't like it. So I'm going to call you right back. Hold the line. Ben Carpenter is uh, our guest. We're going to try this. Uh, um, we're going to try chapter this. 12. We're going to try this again here and see if we can get him back on the line. All kinds of phone stuff going on this morning. I don't know why. I don't know what the deal is. There we go. Let's get Ben Carpenter on the line. Good morning. Good morning, Representative. How are you? I'm doing well. It is a bright, sunny morning in Juneau. Oh, is it? Well, good. Good for you guys. It's still, still kind of, still not quite sunny yet here, but it's probably going to get there. Um, so you guys did some work and had some stuff pass out of uh, Ways and Means. We got about two minutes before the break, so if you want to give us a little tease, we will, uh, we'll take yeah. that and then we'll jump back on the other side. Yeah, we uh, passed out a, a spending limit, which is a first component, I guess you could say, of the fiscal plan that we're putting forward. We tighten it up just a little bit. Uh, one of the components that doesn't get talked about a bunch is um, a little bit of reduction in state spending. And this uh, fiscal plan would have to be voted on by the people, and it wouldn't take effect until fiscal year 26, and it would require us to tighten our belt a little bit, which I think is part of the part of the agreement that needs to be made. Well, that was part of the agreement that the fiscal policy working group came up with, right? I mean, that was part of the of the seven or eight different parts of it. Some cuts and a spending limit were all part and parcel of kind of the same holistic approach. 
yeah, and a solution to the PFD problem so we don't keep fighting over this and, and to, to constitutionalize the PFD so that it, it will be guaranteed to be paid in the future and new, new source of revenue. This is, these are all the components that we discussed and that have a chance to pass through the legislature. Um, all right. So Ben Carpenter, I want to get a little bit more details on this and more, but we are coming up on the uh, break. Feel free to join us on Facebook if you'd like at facebook.com slash Michael Duke show. Uh, we get 70 or 80 people here on the, well, Facebook and YouTube and Twitch, any one of those, you can find us out there and we'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Feel free to, uh, to be part of it there. Or you can give us a call 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. And finally, you can drop me an email. The email address is me at michaeldukeshow.com, M-E at michaeldukeshow.com. And uh, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Feel free to join us. Representative Ben Carpenter is our surprise call-in guest, and we want to talk with him about this spending cap bill that passed out of Ways and Means last night with the amendments. And we'll discuss those specifics and more and where it goes from here. That's all coming up next. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We return right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Representative Ben Carpenter is with us on the telephone right now. Um, Before I get back to Representative Carpenter, let me run through this. I got to get caught up in the comments real quick because I'm I'm well behind here. Uh, Jerrica said, funny story about Bitcoin. My brother came to my house one day years ago, really excited about Bitcoin. He told me I needed to buy it up right away. It was going to be the next big thing. I brushed him off because he was screwing up at the time and making bad choices. Bitcoin was like 3 to $5 at the time. It's the only time I regret not listening to my brother because it shot up two years later and I could have been a billionaire. I mean, that's, I had to laugh because I got a few bucks worth of Bitcoin back in the early parts of the days. Um, and when it, when it crested up, I, I, that three or four dollars worth of Bitcoin ended up being worth that I bought. This is after it had already started. It was worth several hundred dollars. And I was like, if only I dropped a thousand bucks or 10,000 bucks into Bitcoin at the time, it's hindsight, right? Coulda, woulda, shoulda. That's the, uh, that's, that's, that's the good stuff here. Um, <clears throat> uh, people selling their crowns, uh, 50 cal is like $8 around. Um, I'm just scrolling, just scrolling down here. Uh, read goldback.com says Kevin McCabe for more information on the goldback. Um, um, military grade is called specie. Um, um, just going through Apparently there was a school shooting in Anchorage yesterday. I didn't see that. It's not listed in any of the news outlets. So I don't know Kelly, if that happened or not. I dubious if, uh, if none of the outlets were talking about it. Uh, we also passed HJR three said, Kevin, the concealed carry reciprocity resolution out of the house yesterday. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. I already got it up there. Um, there's a little bit of boy scout in all of us. Be prepared, says Kevin. Yeah, no, that's exactly, exactly it. Um, 
Uh, I'm going down here. Um, just squared through here. Yeah, Craig Campo was on an episode of Doomsday Preppers, which was basically a paid commercial for his – the whole thing. The whole thing was a paid commercial for his jet boat. That was the that was the thing. That was that the whole thing was just uh <clears throat> okay. Um uh I'm just going nothing cuts the flow of money to special interest. Uh let's see. Um I'm still there's a lot of comments here. I love all the prepper stuff on YouTube. There's a ton of it. I just need one book to serve man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hindsight could have, should have, would have homeschooled my daughter, says Christine. Well, Christine, it, you know, it is. Uh, what? Be prepared? No, the government will take care of us is why we have government. Sarcasm. Um, so. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's the crap I hate. Wait a second. Jimmy says he hates something about the show. It's the crap I hate about the show. People bashing each other, or if a member does not toe the line, that's why I stopped listening or participating. I'm done, y'all. Have a good day in life. I'm done with this show. Sorry, Jimmy. I don't know, uh, if, unless you're talking about people fighting with Harold or something in there, I don't know what's going on. Uh, all points of view are welcome, but you know, feel free to, feel free to wander off. Um, all right. <clears throat> Representative Ben Carpenter is our guest. Uh, ben, what uh, what is coming up uh, before we get back to the uh, spending cap bill? What else are you guys? You guys are still working away furiously on the rest of the components of the fiscal plan, I assume, in uh, Ways and Means? We are. Yeah, we'll we'll hear the rest of it uh, next week. Next week. Okay. Because we're running out of time, right? I mean, this is the <clears throat> something that you've talked about is that it's highly unlikely that we're going to get a full fiscal plan out this year. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it. so so we've got to get whatever we can out this year. Are we going to try and hold it all till next, what, you know, how, do, how does that work? No, I, it's interesting that you bring up time because time is of the essence and time is the one thing that we um, need to keep focused on here. We need to get it done and we need to get it done now. And if we have to go into special session to do that, then that's what we need to do. Yeah. Something needs to get done this year and we're not going to allow this to kick the can down the road. Another legislature. All right. We'll hold the line, Ben. Let's get back to it. The Michael Duke show, common sense, Liberty based free thinking radio. All right, we're continuing now with Representative Ben Carpenter, who was kind enough to call in uh, after I got the notice that they passed the spending bill, spending cap uh, limit, rather, out of uh, House Ways and Means Committee last night with some amendments. And so we're going to talk with him for about that that for just a minute, some of the amendments, how it works, what, uh, what the details were, and then we'll talk a bit about the timing of what comes next. Uh, Representative Carpenter, so some amendments were made. Again, it looks like trying to tie... The uh, the public economy to the private economy, which we've acknowledged has been part of the problem here, that disconnect. So what was the amendment and, and what was the reaction from the committee and, and the discussion about? 
Yeah, so the amendment was, uh, the, the functional amendment here was to drop the percentage of GDP that uh, is the limit. Um, the lower limit, drop it by half a percent, and the upper limit, drop it by a percent. So instead of it being 14 and 11 and a half, we dropped it to 13 and uh, 11. And, and roughly what that means is that you, uh, you know, in the out years, you have uh, uh, economic growth that allows the government to grow uh, its spending. And in the, in the nearer term years, you have to reduce your spending just a little bit, a um, couple hundred million dollars in order to uh, stabilize your, your spending. And obviously this is, this works with, uh, with the other components of the fiscal plan. You know, we've got a, PFD um, res, uh, resolution that will constitutionalize the PFD and a, a bill that will um, per, uh, put the percent of market value and in, in, uh, keep that in statute and, and split the earnings 50-50, 50% to the dividend program and 50% to state government. And, and we'll have a, a, a revenue bill that uh, has got a sales tax in it. It's got a corporate income tax reduction in it. And that's... Uh, going to get passed out of ways and means. So this is the first bill that's been passed out is the spending cap part. And you and I kind of talked about this, I think, last time we had a discussion about, you know, if you have to pri – it's supposed to be holistic. The fiscal policy working group said, you know, you can't just fix one thing. You've got to kind of fix all things. But obviously – they have to come out one at a time usually instead of there's not like one big omnibus bill. So the but the spending cap and it was one of the top ones. A PFD and the spending cap were kind of the two that I said had to be handled first just to get a handle on things. So this is out of the committee now. Uh, what was I mean? Was it a close vote? Was there a lot of discussion? Was there pushback? What uh, what was the reaction of the committee for the bill before it was finally passed? There was there was um I think some healthy discussion uh, going on and questions about whether the percentages are are right or wrong. I don't know that we had um, real stiff opposition to it. We did have to take a vote. Um, Representative Gray, I believe, maintained his objection in in moving the percentages, and and that's um, to be expected. Not everybody is going to see things the way that I see them, and uh, or the rest of the committee members, and that's okay. I mean, that's why this is a, a give and take. I'm talking about a sales tax for for goodness sakes. I don't want a sales tax, right? Right. But I I want I want to stabilize our state government, right? And I want to stabilize the PFD program, and I want to stabilize our spending. So, and so it needs the only way that we're going to be able to do that is with a comprehensive approach and right. finding finding compromise within the group. So, um, so, so the, the bill is out of ways and means, where does it go now? It goes to house finance. Okay. And are you expecting a warm, <laughs> sorry, I don't mean to laugh. Are you expecting a warm reception in house finance or is this going to be the most difficult hurdle to, to overcome you think? Um, well, I don't think it's the most difficult hurdle to overcome. I think the most difficult hurdles in the other body in the Senate. I don't think they that that a lot of or at least several of their members don't want to do anything. They just want to keep it the way it is, and so I think that's the the larger hurdle that we have to overcome. And what's the time frame here? House Finance has got to look at it because now I also mentioned that you know you had said earlier that the likelihood of getting a full fiscal plan out this year is problematic to say the least because it's a timing issue. But now you now you've got one part out. We can't just have the one part. We got to have the other pieces as well. 
what is what what you know how are you going to address that what's going to happen walk me through that yeah so i can't address it the the legislature has to address it and that means there has to be demand and um awareness and and a desire to address it amongst more members of the legislature and part of the strategy has always been to increase the demand uh, have the conversations and and show that this is something that's necessary and when more people are talking about it then it's ripe for for bringing it forward um, in in marketing they would call it a, a comparison between demand or pull marketing um, or i'm sorry a, a push or pull marketing and i don't want to be pushing this thing I, I want to be i want others to be pulling it and saying this is something that we need to do we've got, we're running out of time to get it done and let's get it done right and, um, it's a it's a huge it's a huge thing. You have to remember that the the fiscal policy working group only came about because we ran the budget down to June 30th and averted a government shutdown just to have a conversation about a a, a fiscal plan. Right. So I'm not I'm not under any illusions that it's going to be an easy thing to get this through to actually get the the legislation through when when most people, well many people don't want to even have a conversation about it. So right. do we get it done by day 121? I don't know. What what day is too late? Right. right. I mean, as long as we get a fiscal plan and get our, our ducks and ducks in a row and and um, improve the state's finances, then does it matter if it's on one day 122 or day 140? Does it really matter in the long run? So you're thinking that if there's enough push from the public and from others, this may have to come back. There may be a special session. Is that what you're supposing here? Well, um, if there's enough members of the legislature that won't allow the legislature to either pass a budget or gavel out without a fiscal plan, then it'll take as long as it takes. That that goes back to the to the demand thing. If there's enough people that want to have this happen, then then it'll happen. We've got the time to do it. It's not like any of this is is uh, rocket science or that we haven't been thinking about it for years, right? Right. The concepts have been out there. Maybe the, the specific pieces of legislation haven't been. But, you know, I've talked to some members just recently, just as, as recently as yesterday, and they're like, well, we don't even know what the plan is. you got to kick it out so we can see the plan. I'm like, well, the plan's always been in finance. It's, it's on basis of public record. You can watch the meetings if you didn't sit in the meeting, because I know you weren't at the meeting. So pull up the, the recordings and watch the meeting, read the bills. Then you know what the plan is. It's not like I'm hiding something in secret. <laughs> it's all public knowledge. So it's basically just a lack of will to educate yourself and, and desire some sort of a, a fiscal plan. So well, that's, yeah. that's what I sense is that in the legislature is there is an increase or an uptick in the desire to have the conversation. Well, and I mean, I think that's, that's great. What is the, uh, uh, what what is the um, uh, you know the potential for I mean I guess what is the majority's position on this Have you had conversations with leadership and everything else What is their position Are they willing to take a stand on some of these things and uh, and you know and and push it or push the push the the budget discussion around enough so that that this can be part of it Or what do you say Yeah, the, the majority is willing to take a stand on some of these issues, but again. We point back to the fiscal policy working group. It isn't going to be just a House majority uh, calling the shots on this. We're going to have to have a conversation with the Senate majority and the House minority to to find some agreement on moving this thing forward. 
So it is going to take all hands and not everybody's going to agree. I'm, I'm fully expecting that we've got um, uh, people on either side of the aisle that don't want to see this happen. And that that's, it'll have to be okay. If it gets passed, and, and again, we have a higher threshold to get the resolutions passed out to the people so they can take a vote on whether they want to constitutionalize the PFD or whether they want to have a spending, a more effective spending limit. Those are things that people are going to have to decide on because they're constitutional provisions. They're changing the constitution. So, so we are, we do have a higher threshold for getting, getting things passed, but it can't just be done with the house majority. It has to include other members of the, of the legislature. So what, so I guess my question is, what's the possibility that things get stymied uh, in this regard? What, I mean, how, how does that, I, I, I guess, give me, give me a probability here. Are we going to be looking at a holdup here? Do you think in the budget uh, until we get some kind of fiscal plan or, you know, is the, is the majority going to stand strong? Uh, obviously the, the Senate is going to be dragging their feet and, and throwing a tantrum because it's not what they want. But I mean, just what do you think that, what do you think is going to happen? I guess, give me, give me some ideas. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Well, I think that there are going to be some people that drag their feet and, and uh, throw a fit and don't want to have things happen. And I think there are others that might surprise you. I mean, how the, the bill passed out of ways and means last night without objection. So we are moving forward with a fiscal plan. There will be a fiscal plan in play. It will be sitting in finance and, and members of the legislature will have to decide whether they're going to be on board with moving forward or not. And I'm not going to be quiet about it. If, if we have to hold up the budget for a little bit to, in order to uh, force a conversation on this, then I guess that's what we have to do. I, I would rather not do that. I would rather not spend all of our savings before we have a, a real adult conversation on what the structure of the finances needs to be for the state. But if that's what it takes, then I guess that's where we'll go. I mean, I, at some case, you know, if we don't solve the problem, then we're going to run out of savings. Right. And right. Then we have to deal with it. Right. And and that's a theory. Some people have a theory. You just gotta, you just gotta spend it all before, before people can make decisions. I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I think good governance and, and good management says if if you see the the train wreck coming, then you should do what you can to avert it, and use your available resources to avert that that crisis. So um, that's what I'm hoping others will see as well. I noticed all, all I can do is present the plan and and ask others to to take action. Uh, I noticed that the governor has been making the rounds amongst legislators and everything else. Have you or, or the majority haven't had any conversations with the governor specifically about um, about the you know the full fiscal plan and the potential for you know kind of putting it forward and holding things you know slowing things down until something like that gets passed? What's uh, has the governor yeah, given I've you any input? I've had a couple of conversations with the governor and he is in favor of a, of a fiscal plan that uh, is, um, you know, loosely around what, uh, what I've just outlined. Well, I'd like to see, I mean, I'd like to see something happen. We've been talking about a fiscal plan for, you know, a long-term fiscal goal for years. And now we had the fiscal policy working group come out with one two years ago and it was completely ignored. And now at least we're getting some discussions on it. Um, I, you know, I'm sure that there'll be a lot of hue and cry about how dare you guys hold the government hostage and government shutdown and all that kind of stuff. But something's got to be done. I mean, we are going to even if we took the full PFD, 
I mean, we're only a few years after that from facing attacks and and more stuff anyway, because there is no other plan in place. It's all spend, spend, spend. The um, at the foundation of the state, they were worried that we wouldn't be able to sustain ourselves. When we found oil, <laughs> that was our miracle. And we created structures in the state uh, government revenue processes to pay for state government based off of oil. And when we saw, you know, um, saw the decline in oil, then we realized we need to do something different. But we don't. We've never reached agreement on that. It's been decades since we've been having that conversation. Many, many different legislatures and, and legislators come in recognizing that we've got an issue and we've got to deal with it. And we're now coming down to the crux of it that. We're going to make, uh, if we don't do anything, we're just going to make a decision to spend all of the permanent fund earnings on state government. And we still won't solve the problem. No. I mean, because all we've done is, again, kick it down the road a little bit further. But once you've drained the permanent fund and the SBR and the CBR and money, all the money's transferred out of the ERA and everything else, there are no more pots of money to draw from. And then we'll be, we're eventually going to have to face a fiscal reality that there's just nothing, there's just... There's not enough money in the world to satisfy the spending habits of, of the folks that we have in there right now, the business as usual crowd that's, that's in there right now. Yes, yes, that's true, but it also is kind of um, a distraction from the more more uh, important topic, which is the structure that we have to pay for state government is focused on one industry, and it doesn't care about economic growth from other industry. So we need to restructure the state government's revenue sources and the, the way we talk about finances to care about economic growth in, in industries other than oil and right. gas. Right. Because what, whatever, whatever is putting into, you know, you have responsibility for. So if, if, we're, if our private sector economy outside of oil is putting into state government, then we care about that industry. Right now, we don't care. There's, there's nothing that cares about small business in Alaska because it doesn't contribute to the decisions that are happening within the legislature. Right. So we're going to use this, the permanent fund earnings and then, and then what you're going to tax somebody. It's not, you may raise taxes on oil. You may tax somebody else, but you're not going to be creating a tax structure that incentivizes economic growth that, that um, makes, makes people with money come in with wealth and, and say, Hey, I want to invest my wealth in this state in this particular project. I can see that I can make a profit. And I want to go into business. I'm an entrepreneur. They're not going to do that if they know that they're the ones that are going to have to pay for state government. Right. So you talked about also you mentioned and, and we kind of I think we kind of glossed over it. You mentioned uh, there was also some cuts baked into the uh, the spending cap bill that you that you placed in there. What what specifically were those cuts? How much? What, I mean, is it a is it a cut? There's not a specific cut. So there's not a specific cut. It doesn't address this year's budget. This is a fiscal plan that's separate. It's separate but related, but it's separate from this annual budget. So the, this this uh, um, spending, re- I'm sorry, the spending limit only takes effect after the people vote on it. So it'll have to be after the next election. So you're you're talking two budget cycles from now before the spending limit is even effective. And is it a percentile? So the, the people are going is, to have a say in this. Is it a percentile cut of the overall budget, or what? How how does it how is it factored? It's a spending limit that says the state cannot spend more than uh, 11% of the GDP of the state. Okay. So we would then have to have a conversation that says, hey, our budget is X and our spending limit is X minus one, and we got to get the budget to X minus one. Right. Well, or 
what do we do to grow the economy so that we don't have to do this next year? Right. That's, that's the, how do we, the decision yeah, that has to be made. How do we incentivize or get out of the way of the economy so that it grows so government can have the money that it wants? Again, this incentivizes exactly. Yeah, this incentivizes the government to to bolster that uh, private economy so that they can have all the money that they spend, which I I think is again quite brilliant uh, for that because those are the those are the decisions that are not being talked about here. Yeah, we do not. I I can't under um, overemphasize this. This legislature, the state legislature, does not talk about ways to grow our economic engine. Yeah, that ought to scare everyone. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. All right, Ben. Well, I appreciate you calling in and giving us the update on this. What's the next thing that Ways and Means is going to be tackling? We'll be tackling the uh, the PFD uh, legislation on Monday. On Monday. Okay. All right. Well, let us know. Keep us in the loop. Maybe we can have you back on next week to talk about that, and uh, maybe we can get some more. Uh, maybe we can get some more uh, discussion and more testimony for you on that as well in Ways and Means. Appreciate you coming on Sounds board. Good. Thank thanks, you for Michael. Thanks for calling in this morning, folks. We got to go. We got. Wow. Let me let me try that again. That was uh, super loud. Uh, let's come back over, and we'll be back in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We continue with uh, your phone calls. Wow, one final segment. That was quick. One final segment right after this. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, uh, that does it for Ben Carpenter. And we've got uh, more lines um more lines open. If you'd like to sound off, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Feel free to give us a ring, and we will uh, we will have uh, whatever conversation you want to have. Final segment of the show this morning, so I'm uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So feel free to feel free to give us a ring 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Fifty. Speaking of coffee, says Rick, I need some more after all that. I do too. I need some more coffee after all that this morning. I am in agreement with you. So I'm going to be up in Fairbanks this weekend for the uh, outdoor show. Uh, They're going to have the uh, Interior Alaska Gun Show up next to that. So if you feel like coming out and saying hi to me, I will be out there on um, Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday, feel free to come on in and uh, and be part of it. Speaking of coffee, I might have some coffee with me. Mmm. Mmm. Oh. All right. Um, let me go back up here. And uh, Herder says the proverbial can has been kicked to smithereens. You'd think so. That can must be made out of titanium or something. Uh, or vibranium for you nerds out there. Um. Chris on Twitch says, this conversation sounds like that we need to cut the size and scope of government, but with extra steps. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's the only way because, again, there's no political will to directly cut the size and scope of government. So you got to go around it in a different way. 
you got to put that spending limit in and force them into it because they there's just not enough interest to uh, just not enough interest uh, for that stuff to continue. Um, Politidic says the train wreck is planned, intentional. The goal for seven years is to drain it to nothing to justify their position to steal the PFD. I mean, I don't know if that gives that that's giving them a lot of credit. I don't know if they. I don't know if there's enough foresight in the world for them to have seen that. I I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't know if I uh, if I if I buy into that right now. Um, I'm just coming through here. Uh, but don't beat up on Jimmy. Everybody's beating up on Jimmy. Uh, you know, Jimmy. I don't know what he was upset about specifically, but. You know, it, it is what it is. It, you know, somebody got upset. That's that's how it is. It's too bad. But, um, you know, if I can take it, you can take it. If I could take people bashing at me and and talking trash, then you should be able to as well. You could just ignore it. That that works. You know, that works. Um, I'm, I'm still going, I'm back, I'm still going backward here. Um, all right, I just caught up. I got back to the homeschooling comment. Kind of, coulda, woulda, shoulda, homeschooled. Yeah, I mean, Christine, all you can do now is tell, because she, that was the previous comment where she said, coulda, woulda, shoulda, hindsight, I wish I would have homeschooled my daughter. You know, all you can do is look for that hindsight and then use it and share your experience with other people. So hopefully that other people would know, you know, tell people why you should have homeschooled your children. You know, tell them why, what's going on. Uh, um, our local radio station used to have some local pre- prepping segments until they cut them. Well, they, they didn't cut them. I mean, I kind of know the story on that. They didn't cut them. That was a paid for segment. And when the segment's no longer paid for, you fill it with programming that is paid for. That's what happens, Jim. When people don't pay for that, that's that's how it goes on. I actually pulled out my slide deck. It's funny, Jim. I think you attended one of my uh, one of my food storage classes, didn't you? If I remember, you or Jackie attended one of my food storage classes. I actually pulled out the PowerPoint deck for that. I was going to kind of go over some of that stuff this morning, but uh, the show got driven in a different direction a little bit. Um, but I was just looking back this, I put this PowerPoint, I put this PowerPoint and the class to get, this is like 10 years ago. This is when I did this. Um, and, uh, it's kind of interesting, but yeah, I think preparedness is important. Um, because more than anything else, the preparedness is peace of mind. Right. It brings you peace. It brings you peace of mind if you've decided. And that's for any problem. If you decide how you're going to handle any problem, you're you're at a little you know, you're a little more uh, at ease. You have a little more peace of mind. If you've decided what your escape route is from your house, if there's a fire, you don't necessarily worry about that as much anymore. That kind of thing. So it's it is it is it is what it is. Um. Uh, they're hiking mortgage rates for folks with a credit score higher than 680 to subsidize high-risk loans, says Eskimo Libertarian. I hadn't heard a thing about that. <clears throat> All right. Um, we got to go. 
the Michael Duke Show. Comic Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like a chair, like a chair. Let's do it. Final segment. Okay, <clears throat> final segment for today. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. It's the Thursday edition of the Michael Duke Show. Tomorrow is Firearms Friday. TGIFF. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and I appreciate it. One final segment, and I've got a bunch of open phone lines if you want to sound off and talk about anything. Um, we'd love to hear it. I will be up in Fairbanks uh, this weekend for the outdoor show. If you're planning on coming out, you can come into the uh, Interior Alaska Gun Show. Say hi to me there. I'll be there if you want to stop by and wave. Love to see you. Feel free to come out and press the flesh. Say hi. Check out all the great stuff at the outdoor show and all the good stuff in the Interior Alaska Gun Show as well. It'll be a, it'll be a fun time. It'll be there Saturday and Sunday. So feel free to come on in and... Feel free to come on in and join us uh, this weekend at the Carlson Center in Fairbanks. That's going to be going on. Um, <clears throat> I was going to talk a little bit about the, uh, as I said earlier, the what if, what if Wednesday. I actually pulled up a a PowerPoint. I used to, um, I used to teach classes on uh, long-term food storage and, um, you know, kind of general preparedness. Um, and it was, it, it did well. It was a, it was a pretty popular class. Um, and I really enjoyed meeting the people and talking about, uh, talking about stuff like that. I actually pulled the PowerPoint up this morning and I realized as I looked at the details on the PowerPoint that that was like 10 years ago. Uh, I had a lot of people go through those classes and they were, they were a lot of fun. They were a lot of fun because it was just, you know, sharing knowledge and talking about things, um, and, you know, planning on the worst and prepare and hoping for the best. That's the, that's the thing. Somebody just said doom and gloom in the chat room. So they said doom and gloom. Well, I mean, some people look at it like that. You know, they look at the idea of being prepared for anything um, as if it's all doom and gloom, but it, to me, it's exactly the opposite. And this is why I think I'm going to start bringing back some segments on this in the future, because for me, and maybe it's just, maybe this is just the, the, maybe this is just the way that I think. Um, but for me, if there is a problem, um, or, uh, something that may happen, for example, uh, I'm going to be staying the night at somebody's house. And, uh, you know, they've got a wood stove and I'm worried, uh, you know, not worried, but concerned or aware of the fact that, you know, a house fire could happen and I'm not really aware of my surroundings. I'm not familiar with the house. And so I decide, OK, well, if a fire does happen, I will, you know, trek down this hallway and I will go out this window and, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, I just I make a plan. Right. You make a plan for it. And then I'm not worried about it anymore. Right. 
I made, I saw a problem or a potential problem. I made a plan on how I would deal with it. And now, now my mind is at ease. Now I have peace of mind because I know what would, instead of being in the crisis moment, you know, or being in that moment of crisis and not being, and trying to have to make a plan then and be decisive. No, I made a plan ahead of time. And so I feel better about it. So to me, the idea of being kind of ready for anything is, is really just peace of mind. I mean, preparedness brings that kind of peace of mind or the peace of it. It's not doom and gloom. I don't, I don't dwell on the negativity of it. I dwell on the solution to it. So that's kind of where I'm at uh, right there. And because, again, uh, I'm just looking at this slide deck and there's, you know, the top 10 reasons why you should be prepared. And all of them, all of them are still as relevant today as they were 10 years ago when I wrote this thing. Um, because, you know, the government is not going to I mean, look at how look at how. Look at how well the government has done in their responses to so many things, right? Whether it was Katrina or Ivan or uh, Hurricane Irene in 2011, whether it was those natural disasters, uh, the floodings, the earthquakes, all that kind of stuff. If you were just depending on that to happen, you, you may, you may want to check in on that. And then some historical stuff. I, I think I think we'll do a whole show on this. I think we'll do well, not a whole show, but we'll do at least a couple segments on this, maybe sometime next week. Um, it. I think that that. Uh, I I think it, I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. It is not again. It's not doom and gloom. Uh, Tawny just said risk assessment, risk tolerance mitigates the delta. Yeah, I mean it, that's all I'm doing. I'm looking at a potential problem. How would I solve that? Okay, there you go. Uh, boil that down to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. And, uh, you know, all your, all your surprises will be pleasant one. Uh, all right, let's go over to the phones. I got time for a call here or two. Uh, let's see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Randy, what's on your mind? Oh, I just saw an interesting article in the Anchorage Daily News yesterday, April 19th. Wednesday, uh, it says here on page A3, Adia paid $63,500 to settle ex-spokesman's wrongful termination lawsuit, and it's an age discrimination case, and I personally do not like to see anybody suing their employer for age discrimination, because I think this is an at-will state, and people can be fired or laid off for any reason or no reason. Now, the only exception would be if there's something in the contract when you get hired that says we will hire you for 20 years, no matter what or whatever, or unless there's severe cause for termination or whatever. But I'm not aware that that, that happened. But it says here that the uh, uh, after finishing a probationary period, Rod Vick had a constitutional right protecting him from firing without good cause, he said in his complaint. Well, I've never heard of anything in the, the last Constitution or whatever Constitution that says you have a right not to be fired. But uh, uh, and it says here that he had worked from uh, he was hired first hired in 2007, and he he is firing in September of 2020. So he had 13 years. I know that's longer than I've ever worked at one place. My longest term of employment was at, at for Arco up on the North Slope, and that was for 11 years. And so I don't know what he's complaining about. But anyway, I just think um, it's wrong to fire for age discrimination. I think that hurts other old people because 
I'm I was shouting back at myself. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, you know, I, it says he was 66. I'm 68, and and if I have to go work for, uh, you know, apply to somebody else at my age, and somebody's thinking about these age discrimination lawsuits, that's just going to hurt me. They're going to look at me and say, "Oh no, this guy might sue us or something." If we uh, have to let him go sometime, of course, I would never, never do that. Right. Well, I mean, I think, you know, look, yeah, no, he's got some, you know, I think uh, Rodvik had some points in what he was doing. And I think, uh, you know, I I don't I I think an employee should be able to push back against his employer. Uh, Alaska, I think this case, I think they settled it more for the reason of not wanting to try and litigate it more than anything else, because you're right, Alaska is an at-will state, and they can basically, you could be fired for the cut of your jib. I mean, you know, you get the wrong haircut, somebody could fire you. That may not be the reason that they give. They really don't even have to give a reason. Uh, But if they did say something, that this was the reason that they fired him, he'll have a leg to stand on. And so if they, you know, again, as an employer, if you just say, we're going to have to let you go, sorry, um, and no other reasons given, that's that's pretty much the way it is. Uh, I don't think we should stop people's right uh, to be able to push back against their employer. Uh, but again, you got to be smart about it. Uh, all right. Thank you, Randy, for the call. Folks, we're out of time. We got to go. Tomorrow's another day. It is Firearms Friday tomorrow. I can't wait. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Well, my friends, thank you for coming on board as always today. I appreciate you being part of it. Uh, Interesting show today. I mean, in no way structured or anything else, but always good to kind of have a little bit of a free range discussion. I like that. So we will see you tomorrow. I'm going to go hit the road here pretty quick. Be seeing you guys up in Fairbanks this weekend. You guys have a great day, will you? We will see you tomorrow.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.